Welcome to the We Have Issues podcast, a weekly look at the local issues and matters impacting Independence, Missouri. And now, your hosts, Lori Dean Wiley and Dan Hobart. Well, hello, Dan. Hello, hello. So today we're going to talk about something important to both of us, and that would be our Independence Police Department. I think it's fair to say we're both big fans. Absolutely. So unfortunately, it's not uncommon, though, to see police officers attacked. There's been um, unfortunate violence, riots, walks, etc. Um, but I think in Independence, Missouri, we don't see that problem. But what has happened is is kind of the national sense or what people see in the media has affected hiring of local police. I, I would say probably every local police officer is short officers right now. And I'd really like to find a way for not only the council and the city to solve that problem, but how do we just encourage the community to do all they can to help solve that problem too. So that's really what I'd like to look at today is can we or how do we solve the understaffing at the Independence Police Department? And when I started looking at this from a historical perspective, I think it really goes back as far as 2004. And, you know, it may be controversial to say that rhetoric, riots, and violence against um, citizens and police have happened in major democratic cities. Um, A lack of funding or the decisions to defund the police are really the biggest driver of the huge concern of a lack of being able to find the candidates to add to the Independence Police Department. So it's a national sentiment that is fucking the the local. And so when I was little, when you were little, Dan, I bet we both at some point thought, I'm going to be a police officer. I wanted to be an astronaut. Astronaut? Okay. (laughs) Well, if you couldn't fly to the moon, Uh you know, Great uniform and putting on a I decided, police uniform. I decided early on to be a lawyer. I can't tell you why. Well, I can't tell you why, but it's there's a good answer and a stupid answer. But anyway, I never really had the desire to be uh, law enforcement, actually. But you grew up with it. Certainly did. Well, you know, I always had, at a very young age, just a really healthy respect for the uniform. Oh, absolutely. And I think that probably did start because my father served in the military. And then when I was in grade school, you know, your local police officer, your neighborhood patrolman, your, you know, the guy walking your neighborhood, you know, those police officers were, wow, you know, those were like, they're going to protect us. And I don't think anything in the job has changed from its sentiment of that person making a decision, I want to be a protector of my community. They then sacrifice everything um, by putting on a badge and making that commitment to the community. I would I would agree. There's <clears throat> a certain, you definitely have to have a certain innate 
mindset to want to do as thankless a job as being a police officer. Thankless and dangerous. Um, policing has changed since we were kids. Uh, there, there, there was a in the '90s and in going into the 2000s, there was a, a real mili- militarization mm-hmm. of police. You saw uniforms get darker colored. You saw more tactical gear, more military surplus items being used by local police, and it sort of ratcheted things up a bit. Now, we've most departments have learned how to use those tools but not rely on them completely. And so we're, we're actually coming back into, in my opinion, uh, a new era of policing and a really good one. Well, in my research, I had mentioned 2004. It really seems like in the city of Independence, that's when some staffing needs started showing their ugly head. Um, and that's so right. people got together, obviously previous councils got together, really started looking at what can we do? So, you know, from 2004 to 2009, uh, we were the fourth largest city at the time. So our police force, Rosary reported 300 men and women. And the operating budget was huge. I think it was 23 million, something like that, um, or 33% of the general fund. Then another 2.1 million was budgeted for... um, from the public safety sales tax approved. So in 2004, people met, got the public safety sales tax approved. Um, And so the department started having these additional funds that were supposed to go to hiring, not saying that they didn't go to hiring, but, but for that purpose. So 2004 to 2009 was kind of this period where we expect more funds, we're staffed at 300, but we're concerned about upcoming staffing needs. So 2009 came and the sales tax needed to be upgraded a little bit. Um, And so we went into 2009 and I'll say to 2018, where we saw this fluctuation of number of officers, dollars towards hiring, the ability to have the benefits, and all the structure that was needed to bring in this um, full police force. So really from 2004 to now even, um, we have seen a staffing need. We've seen it just not be right there. So yes, the hiring need was greater or the, the staffing level that we could hit was higher when we were the fourth largest city back in 2004 to 2009. But most recently, now we're the fifth largest city. Um, We have these numbers that we need to hit. We have retirees that are going to happen. I think over the next um, four years, they're expecting about 40 uh, officers to be eligible for retirement. So if we look at hiring needs, I'd like to kind of talk about, so post-2009 to 2018, Lots of conversations were happening, but it, but it was really when the words of online sales and pets and police came out that we really started to see some traction about solving hiring needs. And so in 18, I think it was a lack of people not understanding how the tax would work. 
it failed. But in 2019, we tried again. I, I was pleased to be um, on that committee working. And Pets and Police, I, I think the news quoted it as saying, well, independents sure cares about their pets and their police. That is something that um, I'm really proud of. That's something that we aren't like a lot of these larger cities. We're not like some of the um, fire brands of media, et cetera, that are disparaging police forces or wanting to completely change them or, lack of a better word, defund them. But we have been a city that we've known it's a problem. We see it's a problem. It's just how to effectively solve the problem. So I think the first step, you will probably agree as a city councilman, was we've got to figure out how we can up the benefits, um, really raise that starting salary or the, and that medium salary. And, you know, we can talk a little bit later about the facility itself. But so you weren't on the council in 2018. We know that. But I know that you have researched about this issue quite a bit. And so I'd just like to kind of hear, since pets and police, how do you think the, that has affected po uh, positively hiring additional police officers? Well, unfortunately, it hasn't had the effect that we have all hoped or wished for. Uh, as you know, last year, the voters overwhelmingly showed their support and amended pets and police. So there's now $4 million of the use tax that will go to police to raise salaries and to hire more officers. And it there's an issue with law enforcement. Now here's the thing. Uh, I don't the the I don't I don't like hearing you talk about defund the police because it's not been an issue here. Right. And it won't be an issue here. It's not here. But do you think that national sentiment has no. hurt the quality of hires? I, or the ability to find candidates. No, I really don't. Okay. And that seems odd, right? Yeah. Because the massive amount of press that has happened because of uh, law enforcement involved incidents has skyrocketed. And admittedly so, there are some that have uh, police officers in, that have done things they shouldn't have done, done bad things, really bad things. Yeah. And in some cases it gets blown out of the water, but... And unfortunately, like everything else, it becomes political. But we don't need to go there. No. The, the, the big issue is we were down officers in 2004. Right. We actually have been down officers. We were even understaffed back then. So it feels like it's this sort of culture that, that, that our media makes us feel like mm -hmm. uh, people don't want to be officers and that, that places don't want to pay for officers. It's not really true. The problem is, just in general, there are openings. Any kind of job you want to work right now, there are openings. Maybe True. except for car salesmen, because okay. they have no cars to sell. Correct. But other than that, uh, we were talking about the hospital. Uh, HCA, the, um, not the SAN, the center point. <laughs> SAN was a few decades ago. It was but, a little while ago. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about that, and they're down janitors. They're down cleaning staff. Mm-hmm. So people from the most, you know, sort of basic job to, you know, really specialized ones like police officer, it's just hard to get people in the door generally. 
I don't think that that national feeling has affected. Okay. Pardon me, I said think. I don't believe it's okay. had that big an effect. Okay. In general, there's more information now. Uh, everything's public now. Uh, there is more money to be made doing other things. And it does take a bit of a special person, a unique person. And like I said, someone with this innate sort of sense of justice that wants to go serve in this capacity. I um, I did reach out to IPO uh, Jack Taylor for the Independence Police Department. And he would agree with you. So don't get me wrong. I... Uh, the national sentiment bothers me because I have such a healthy respect for police. But locally, he would agree. This community supports his police. Oh, yeah. And, you know, at the end of this podcast, we're going to give you some opportunity to show that in some real ways. I went to the website for IPD hiring. Mm-hmm. And you are hit first with this statement. We are not just a force. We're a family. Yeah. I thought okay, that's a police force I'd consider joining. Let's look at it. So they have positions available for police officer, police cadet, 911 dispatchers, uh, detention officers, police technicians, records unit, crime analyst, uh, police grant project coordinator, crime scene investigators. Um, So you're right, like at a hospital, well, there are many, 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 many job openings. In the police department, we have many job openings. We think about just the police on patrol, but there is a need for the right people to stand up and say, that's a career I want to look at. That's a career I want to pursue. One thing people definitely don't think about in terms of policing is the support that it takes to enable those men and women to go out and do the job. The pressure that our 911 call takers are under, our detention officers, all the civilians that work in that building, the pressure with our increased openings and increased workload is through the roof. If you want to talk about somebody, you know how you have those stretches in your life and you just, you pound out a project and you've worked, you know, 100 hours a week for two weeks or 60 hours a week for three months or my buddy that's a pipe fitter, he works overtime, double shifts for three months, right? You have these stretches, and it feels good, and you're exhausted, and you make a bunch of extra money, and then you get to the end of it, and you're like, man, it is kind of nice to have a regular schedule. Well, they have that all the time. They literally, every person in that building could work all the hours they want. It's brutal. You know, I was... uh One of the things that changed, and I believe the uh, council was a big part of that, was upping the starting salary of police officers. Yes. So, in your words, are we competitive with all the other We're number one uh, still on uh, new officers and I think up through sergeant maybe. A couple ranks there, the the folks in the field, we are uh, number one in in the metro. Now that may change fairly soon. Who knows? We'll start a we'll start an arms race, but <laughs> but yes. The other thing I noticed from the website for hiring was just the number of specializations that IPD has. So if you're somebody who, you know, maybe remembers being a kid and seeing a police officer riding in a car and being patrol, 
that's just one of 20 specialized units yeah. that IPD has, you know. And so for me, I think of uh, the young and young women and men out there that are maybe considering uh, police, maybe some Eagle Scouts out there. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great pool to look at for that. Um, you know, just people who have that uh, knack for detective work, you know, maybe analysis through um, DNA, you know, all the, it, there's so many different um, groups from science and law and, you know, social from Boy Scouts, etc. that really could be a great pool. So do you know any of um, kind of how they're currently seeking or looking for candidates, Dan? Yeah, and it's, it's not ideal. Uh, we we have an officer or two or three that that but primarily one that promotes and looks for recruits and goes around to colleges and community colleges and um, it, it it used to be you just set up shop in Independence and there was a line three hundred people deep and six people would get picked. Now uh, you're lucky to get six in one year that that would be a, a, a huge recruiting class so and again the folks that even start the program that it's it's a small percentage that finishes so a few years ago we had nine like in 1819 there was a class of nine they were going down to the Kansas City uh, Police Academy and we ended up with two officers Wow so it's it's really really uh, it's tough you got to put yourself on an adventure and and be ready for the for the mission of it all to start and finish. Um, I I I would like to throw out the the candidate from Idaho, the uh, police chief from Idaho Falls. I talked to him about recruiting. He had two openings in his department. Wow. Now they're much smaller than here. Yeah. But two what o- was he only doing? two openings, and he had increased the the female officers and he had increased the minority officers both of which we could desperately desperately use here he and i don't know the specifics of it but he he had a program going where he could hire somebody in any state period you could go get tested and go through the initial stages in anywhere that you are so it's super uh, convenient. Easy, convenient. Yeah. And, yeah. and you've now, he's leveraged, obviously, the internet, uh, and he's leveraged our national communications we have now to make his recruiting pool, not Idaho or Idaho Falls, but United the United States. States. Wow. He also, the second part of that is he would hire you. Not being certified, not having been trained, he would hire these folks. They would start the academy. But they would also start their field training. Oh, wow. Now, of course, they, they have the same law we do. You can't carry a gun unless you're 21. But these folks, he would hire them early so they have a salary and they can move and they can come join you. And they're not going to be on the street for a while, but they can ride along, baby. They, they can, can learn. They can learn records. They can do all the understand really how policing works. And he, that, I'm sure our chief will uh, implement some of those. We've, but we've got to. Uh, we can't. A few years ago, last year, there were uh, the Dallas PD was in 
uh, at Blue River Community College trying to recruit. Wow. Dallas. 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 So if Dallas is and coming how, to Missouri. How dare them come and take our recruits? <laughs> well, we did take their football team, so. That's true. Yeah. But that was a long time ago. Come on, let it rest. Hey. You know, the other thing that I hear a lot about IPD um I have a healthy respect for IPD. I know some of them personally. Is that they said they have not lowered their qualifications um, as compared to maybe some other departments. And what they mean by that was, yes, some people go through training and don't make it, but some people apply and are not the right fit for Independence Police Department. So how much do you think... Um, I guess that juxtaposition of needing recruits and yet continue to hold our standards high. I think that's something that we can be really proud of, but it may hurt the swiftness of which we need our hiring needs. So, but from a councilman perspective, um, I don't want to see standards lowered, right? Standards have already been lowered. Okay. How so? In what ways? Mostly drug use or okay. minor convictions. Okay. What does that mean? So, to be marijuana? Yeah. Okay. Marijuana-related incidents, so long as they're not trafficking or selling or okay. growing, manufacture. Uh, but if you have smoked or used cannabis mm -hmm. and been caught, uh, it's not necessarily going to keep you from being a policeman. Okay. And back in the day, it was if you have ever Had a used drug. a drug. <laughs> yeah. So... All these old guys you see running around uh, at the police foundation and yeah. retirees never touched anything in their entire life. Nothing. Yeah. No tattoos, no facial hair, whole nine yards. Strict, strict rules. Yes. And go, so hey, some of them have been church. laxed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, crisp, you know, uniforms, clean. Uh, they didn't used to, you know, Quick Trip offers free drinks to uh, officers that I mean that in the past taking anything free was an ethical violation because you were never supposed to show favoritism or be be bought off yeah. to be at a place because you have to equally police everybody okay any other I guess Corpse. laxing of hiring or standards you know, those are the main things. Okay. Uh, and we do keep people out, but mostly the people that still get weeded out, weeded out, no pun intended, <laughs> are, 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 from what I've heard, are not necessarily knocked out because of some extra protection that independence has. It's just sort of in general, they're just not a, a great fit for, I mean, they have people applying that have felony convictions for just random things. Well, and so that would definitely knock you out. That, and, but that knocks you out of pretty much, yes. a, I mean, of everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. So, you know. You know, I, I've, uh, I, I have progressed some in that I true believer in, you know, how cannabis and other things can help epileptic children and, you know, what, what doesn't affect somebody's performance on their job, I I think that's a lax that, tell me, that lives. Every, you know? I, I can tell you this uh, from 20-plus years of being a defense lawyer, and my dad would agree, and actually most police officers would agree. You do not have problems with people that are high on marijuana or cannabis. 
You don't. No. They don't. They rarely get caught drunk driving or yeah. driving while intoxicated on marijuana. They don't run into people. They don't speed. They don't go out and burglarize people or cook meth. They hang out and chill out, and they're mellow. They don't get in fights. They don't go to bars and go crazy. Uh, so no, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, it's probably a better thing if more of us were mellow. Okay. Well, you know, one of the things in researching this was just uh, in my past, I worked in HR and and hired a lot. And it was always about the expense of replacing one person, sure. how expensive that is. And we got some information on just what it takes to hire a police officer. Um, and I think it's really interesting. It's not just that person and their training. There is so much equipment attached to every police officer mm -hmm. that it really is a, an expensive uh, lot to hire one. Yes. So in our case, where we are short, I think the number is 30, uh, short about 30 officers right now, you know, that's a tall task yeah. to pay for. Can you kind of go over some of the uh, equipment costs or things that a new police officer would need as a part of their hire? Well, you thankfully gave me this handout the police made a while back, so that makes it even easier. Yeah. Uh, but um, you have um, you have a vest, which, by the way, also used to be optional. Wow. So, oh no, optional. Time, it was hot. Summer times get hot around here, and every so I used to go around when I was a kid or a teenager, uh, every officer that I'd see, I'd go knock on their chest and give them a hard time if they weren't wearing a vest. My dad, as soon as they got vests, my dad, all the time, yeah, every day, all the yeah. time. And he made his guys wear them, but it was optional. Kind of wow. like helmets in hockey. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or motorcycles. So, so vests are expensive, <laughs> uh, 900 bucks. Uh, the radios they use are incredibly, I mean, these things are durable and high powered. Uh, 4,800 bucks. And those are pre-inflation numbers. So yeah, probably, probably 30% more now. Wow. Uh, flashlights, they used to buy their own flashlights. They were in charge of that. Now they're also, you could find a couple of flashlights from officers back in the day that if they probably still have them, they probably have a dent or two. You're not supposed to hit people with your flashlights and that's not their training, but I'm not saying it never happened. I don't know. Uh, but flashlights are hundred bucks. You know, they use big mag lights usually. Mm -hmm. Now the batteries and the lights are better with LEDs. But, um, you know, carrying around a big two foot long flashlight. Yeah. Four D cell batteries yeah. in it. And, you know, uh, tasers, a couple grand. Um, the gun actually is one of the cheaper things that they use because Glocks are among the most affordable handguns. And they're also pretty much indestructible. Yeah. So five, six hundred bucks. Mace is a little bit. Uniforms are expensive, a couple grand. So, yeah. Um, well, what about things like um, cameras on the uniforms and things like that? So those are extremely expensive. As you know, I got uh, uh, attempted to be recalled over, <laughs> over the... I shouldn't say attempted. I did. I was getting recalled over uh, what was perceived to be my, my dislike for body cams. Uh, that's not the case at all. They're really expensive. So you're looking at a couple million bucks to start up, and then you're looking at hundreds of thousands per year going forward. And then you got to replace. So the startup cost is the cameras, the computer equipment. You have to hire people to manage mm -hmm. the data. It has to be secure. So it's everything's more expensive on body cams. 
then, believe it or not, if you can imagine this, police break their equipment all the time. Yeah. Because they do things like get in foot chases or get in fights or defend themselves or somebody else. So when you break one, you got to buy a new one. Right. These are not $300 used GoPros from eBay. <laughs> you know, these are, these are these are professional industrial uh, equipment that, that has to be tied in to your car computer and then tied into the station computer when you come back to the station and it syncs up. So it's, you know, it's incredibly expensive. Now, should we have done it before now? Probably. Should we also not be keeping our time on pieces of paper? Probably. There's a few areas where we could modernize and catch up, but we're going to have to find a chunk of money and a chunk of ongoing money to be able to invest in body cams, so unfortunately. My understanding is, though, the Prop P, the Pets and Police, that the funds from that alone provided full funding at the staffing level that we need this year, which is 230 officers. So would those excess funds also fund the body cams and some of those other things or is it without anything new they can and i i imagine if we're a year or two into those xxs excess funds and we do not have new officers hired that i assume we would have the discussion or the chief might make the decision that you know what if we're not going to fill these positions in the next year or two then let's go ahead and start doing body cams and and you know use a chunk of that unspent money for it. They could do that. So in just kind of researching it, um, it's not that we don't have the funds, it's that we don't have the applicants. And so I'd really like to turn this around to how can or what kinds of things can we continue to show Independence Police Department that we support them? Um, I think the term is back the blue, that we are backing them that we want to see them fully staffed. I don't think there's a citizen out there that is happy that they're short-staffed. You know, we have needs in the community. We have concerns of, you know, just crime, et cetera. So what are some of the things that you think from solving it we can do as citizens? Well, I'll tell you what we're going to need to do. And... Uh, the the big thing we need to do is somehow build a new police station. Uh, I thought you might say that. We've upped the pay, <laughs> and now we need to give them a new spot. Uh, we are competitive on salary. We now need to be competitive on facility and equipment. Um, all the neighboring cities have new justice centers, and they have secure transport. They have safe jails. This is brutal to bring this up on the heels of the overtime issue. Yeah. But it is what it is. You yeah. know, I'm not going to be scared to talk about it because, because it's a there's some need. optic that's bad. Yeah. Uh, they should have done this 20 years ago, frankly. Uh, you can talk to officers that, that started. They were worked in that building on the very first day it was open, and it leaked. I, I, you know, I, you can't you, you don't you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. And we need uh, 
a legitimate training center. We need men and women's locker room facilities. We need a, a much better uh, 911 operator space. We need appropriate desks for detectives and, and uh, you know, command staff. We, we need it all. We need a, a firing range. We, we need all the parts that modern police stations have and something that really will last for another 50 years. So it sounds like a lot of negatives, and neither you nor I um, want to leave any discussion about the police or the hiring needs in a negative area. I mean, we know we have staffing needs. We know that we need, um, we have money to hire. Yep. We know that the candidate base is low or thin. We know that we need a new justice center, and that's going to take probably bonds. Uh, to get something done. Um, but I do think that there is, um, I'll just call it encouragement, motivation, positivity, that a, a sentiment that we can really project here in independence that can and should make us different than surrounding communities. Yes, we have crime. Yes, we have incidences. But I really think the opportunity for this community to come to show support for police can go a long way in helping those seeking the job of police maybe want to come to independence. Look, as much as I love the guys at North Point, as much as, and gals, and, and the company, as much as I love the Eastgate Commerce Center, and as much as that single project will do for economic development and independence, police are the first step in that, 100% every time. The, the police's ability to protect and serve, mm -hmm. which is a slogan that started by the LAPD way back, that, that is your initial look and feel of a city. Now, you can have nice signage, which we don't have. You can have nice bridges, which we don't always have. You can have other parts that contribute to that. But the actual on-the-street look and feel... If we had 30 more officers, we would be able to keep better houseless folks out of medians. Yes. We would be better to keep people safe on the sides of highways. You know, there, there are these small things, mm -hmm. but boy, they change your, uh, they you. change your perceptive, yeah. your per, perception of the safety and security of a city. And as soon as we can do that then guess what? All of a sudden, we don't just have slumlords or corporate slumlords moving into independence. You have folks that want to come here and invest in a starter house, or you have uh, somebody that has property as their business, and they, they actually want to build their asset, not just watch it deteriorate. So it there's a change, and we're going to get there. Uh, I do think there's a lot of positives about independence, and, and like I said, because I have a positive feeling perception about my police force, but realizing the reality of being short officers. So um, I've kind of done some things and I'm going to take a, a point of privilege to talk about a few things coming up, but I'd like to start by just saying thank you. Um, thank you to the Independence Police Foundation. They came out, um, organized and came out. They have started raising funds to support License plates readers that help keep violence huge, down. Huge. Um, they've come out and support training for officers that have been uh, disabled. 
Um, they provided other things, and body cams would be one of them that we hope um, can be a part We're of coming. that in the future. Yes. So um, one of the ways that they do that is through a golf tournament. So coming up on September 9th at Drum Farm is the second annual Eagle Challenge Golf Tournament by Independence Police Foundation and for Independence Police Department. So you can go to the Facebook page, Independence Police Foundation, for more information. But I just want to thank them because that is a group that has stepped up to say, let's be a part of a positive change for IPD. Let's help them in ways that they need help. By the way... Last year, and now my COVID brain is kicking in, Tom Watson's son, I believe his name is yes. Michael, Yes. Uh, attended. And that kid, I call him a kid. He's younger than me, I think. But he's a good golfer, man, and super nice guy. And Tom was even slated to come last year. Now, I'm not, I don't know what their plans are this year, but there were a lot of teams, and it was actually really competitive golf. Everybody had a, in a, a really great time. And that's a beautiful course. If you haven't been there before, I don't golf. So I had, I had never spent any real time there. We rode in a golf cart together very well, though, as volunteers. Expert. Expert <laughs> cart riding, for sure. That course feels like it's in the middle of nowhere. Yes. And it's not. It's beautiful. It's a spot. I love it. Um, I think one of the other positives, and a big thank you to the search that went out for a new police chief, but we have named uh, Adam Dustman, the permanent uh, new police chief after serving as an interim. Any comments you want to make about um, officer, or excuse me, Chief Dustman, and kind of what you hope through that new leadership? I did not expect Chief Dustman to perform like he has when he was interim. Many people that I've talked to did not expect that either. You know, there's there's the old saying, dress for the job you want, not the one you have. Well, Adam didn't just dress for the job that he wanted. He actually became the job that he wanted. And you don't see that often with folks. Uh, he has embraced it. He genuinely loves his policing. He loves independence. Uh, he is a true believer. And he's positive. He's very intelligent. Uh, he's he's polite and kind with citizens. I am I am just excited to see what direction he leads us into. He's going to be a big part of recruiting, and he's got to do some new things. He has to. He is going to be a part of leading us into getting a new police station. He has to. Um, so, but he can do the job. Uh, he has my full faith, confidence, and support. I was very uh, excited when our city manager, Zach Walker, made that decision, as were a lot of people. And I just, you know, it's positive. There are a lot of bright, young directors yes. in the city generally, and we're headed in a great direction. Well, you know, I think another positive, um, including the current men and women who serve, would be the opportunity for citizens to get involved as volunteers, whether that's attending the Citizens Police Academy or becoming a VIP, a volunteer, Independence Police. Um, they don't carry guns, from my understanding. No. But other than that, they Although, do. Well, 
they do serve in a very good supportive role at things for crowd control, etc. They do, although you can now just anybody can carry a gun, so just not formally as a part of the uh, the group. Yes. Um, and I would think that could also be a way for somebody to become a volunteer and then see if what they learn about police work from that avenue could be something could lead them to apply in the future. Or somebody's thinking about a military career and, and once they're completed the military service, you know, would police work yeah. be something they'd be interested in? Yes. So volunteering and getting involved with your police force is a great way to, to help determine Maybe I'm somebody to fill in one of those holes. So I just want to encourage people listening um, that that could be one way. Another way um, is just to get involved in conversations with Independence Police Department. And you have a great way to do that on October the 5th. It is National Coffee with a Cop Day, one of my favorite days. Um, the place is being secured, so I don't want to announce it yet. But, you know, that is a day where you come in the morning, 7.30 to 9.30, literally have a one-on-one with one of the police officers there. Or if you haven't been able to meet Chief Dustman, come and meet Chief Dustman. If you haven't met Josie the dog, uh, you know, come meet Josie. So there's just, it's one of those where we are fifth largest town in the state of Missouri, but also one of those things that feels very small town. So come meet your local police, have those conversations. So that put that on your calendar right now, October 5th, um, 2022. Hey Alexa, add October the 5th to my calendar. <laughs> so meet, meet Chief Dustman. Yes. Um, and then also... I forgot about that trick. I'm glad Tom reminded me last night. Yes. Time. Well, you know, and, and National Coffee with a Cop Day is something that happens once a year, but our police department, and I get to personally volunteer to help schedule some of them, but we do it throughout the year. And it's just something that is an opportunity for open dialogue. You know, that citizen who is angry at police or doesn't think their thoughts matter they're not taking advantage of some of these very easy ways to converse with police. Um, it does not have to be when they pull you over. That should not be the only time you converse with a police officer. You know, come to these kinds of things. It's really bringing together, and this will be the joke, but bringing together coffee and donuts and people. You know, what a better way or better atmosphere to really get to know somebody who's locally serving you as a police officer. Um, and finally, I want to announce another opportunity that is going to be new to our city. And I want to thank Chief Dustman for being on board with this and giving me permission. There is a newer national event called Faith in Blue Weekend. And it is really something that came out of New York City uh, with NYPD and just the negative rhetoric towards police in that particular city, but it's become a national uh, event. And it was born really to bring the community and the police together in a variety of ways to foster hope and to foster peace using the faith-based community to do so. And, you know, independence is a faith-based community. Um, The start 
of this community was very much related to um, some church faith. So, um, you know, it's one of the benefits of being in the Midwest is we have lots of different faiths and lots of different churches. And so uh, Faith in Blue Weekend is going to come to Independence. Now, it's starting out small because my, my personal viewpoint is keep it simple when you're just starting out. While I could see this grow into something that's pretty darn amazing, um, it's an opportunity to use organizations and have the opportunity for the community to join in those organizations alongside police officers and really just serve. But I think the outcome for police is that those attending are going to be able to say, I like my police. You know, I know my police. I think from a police officer perspective, they're going to be able to say, we've thought we had the community support, but now I feel it. I see it. So some of the activities um, are going to be food pantry. So CSL offers a food pantry. So several days a week, um, groups of eight sign up. So please go to cslcares.org, sign up. But on particular, the Faith in Blue weekend of October 7th is there will be um, four officers, up to a minimum four officers, and community members that want to sign up to join on that particular day, 9.30, And they're going to be right next to you providing food into the trunks of those that need food from the food pantry. Um, we haven't announced it. We haven't made it 100% um, done yet. But, you know, October is a great time to start collecting coats to keep people who need uh, warmth for the winter. So that's probably going to be added. On October 8th, early in the morning, there's going to be a trash pickup um, at the interchange of Truman Road and 291. So we need a lot of community help with that. So September 8th from 7 to 9, if you can help us, uh, we'll provide the trash bags. You provide your own gloves and stay off the road, um, but help us clean up that interchange. And I think that there's going to be something coming from a community opportunity and perspective about trash pickup of litter um, because of that event. So hopefully see that continuing in, in different ways. Um, October 8th and um, 10 to, I think, 2 or 10 to 1, there's going to be just a fun time. So one of our local churches has a really fantastic disc golf uh, field. And so they've opened that up. So come play disc golf with police officers and their families. If you can throw a Frisbee, you can play disc golf. Um, it's really low impact, but you walk a course kind of like golfing, but a much shorter course, so it's good exercise. But it's really just an opportunity to hang out with police officers and their families, show them some love and support. Um, October 9th is the Sunday. And so I'll be reaching out to all the faith-based organizations I have on a long, long list. But we're just going to ask those faith-based organizations to pray for police. Pray specifically for Independence Police Department. Um, and then Monday, uh, Truman Heritage Heart, uh, Habitat for Humanity has opened up their new homeowner center uh, to offer breakfast for the men and women at IPD. 
So that's going to be an opportunity for them to just fill the warmth of a hot breakfast and for us to say thank you. So that's our first uh, Faith in Blue weekend scheduled. And uh, going forward, I would look forward to some people that want to, you know, organize for 2023s and, and make it even better and bigger because we really do want to engage the community one-on-one with officers. And these officers will be volunteering to do these extra things. So I think that says a lot about them as well. So, uh, but that's that's exciting. I think uh, in conversation with uh, one of your counterparts, Councilman Jared uh, Fears, we have often talked about helping the hiring need. And so, you know, we're, we're both uh, a little older, so uh, we've got social media covered, I think, with IPD. So people know, go to the website, they can see the benefits of, of joining IPD. But I do think that there is a huge um, benefit of riding around and seeing positive signs around your city. Um, you know, right now we see election signs, um, which if you like the person running, that, that also makes you smile. But the thought was, wow, could we just have signs posted that say, I heart IPD? And that's a cost. So um, already talked to one of our local shops, uh, corporate copy print, they'd be happy to do that for us, but it's a really large expense. So another way a citizen could get involved is just help support that by, you know, donating to that cause. So um, don't have all that worked out yet, but you will see something uh, coming up about that. Just a visual, you know, you're having a bad day as a police officer and you drive by and you see 15 signs through a neighborhood that say they, they really love the police. That's got to make you smile. Uh, I know if I could see a sign that reminded Laurie Dean Wiley uh, when I'm having a bad day or in a bad mood that somebody loved me or liked me uh, from a community standpoint, how could you not smile? And I think we're both very positive people. We try to bring, um, yeah, we have issues, we have problems, we have concerns, we have needs. But I believe that there is a positive solution to all of them. And uh, today was not about where the police are doing anything uh, not good enough. You know, it's that we have the reality of a staffing shortage. I just would like to see instead of everybody saying, well, the chief better fix that or city council better fix that. It's that what can we, what can you do as a citizen to support police and help with that hiring need? Best thing you can do, I'll tell you, the best thing you can do is to help prevent prevent crime at your house or your apartment, wherever you live. Light your yard at night. Put lights in the back, put lights in the front. People think they're ugly. People don't think they should have to. I understand all that. You have to, and it, whether it's ugly or not, you have to. There is not a police officer on that force or any other force that doesn't have good lighting at their house at night, period. Second thing, don't leave stuff in your car. Not anything. When somebody looks in your car, they see nothing. That's exactly how it should be. Is it fair? No. Do you want to do it? No. Sorry. It's a couple of things you have to do. That alone will help cut down crime. That alone. I, uh, okay, so 
you know, who says that I don't learn from Dan Hobart? So this morning I come in for our recording and I had two big satchels in my back seat and I could not leave them there because I was like, who? I'm leaving that opportunity for somebody. So I opened up my trunk and I put both of them in my trunk. Um, so you're right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, you know, there are some suggestions. There's an opportunity for community to get involved. Um, look at my personal Facebook. You'll be able to find some stuff. We have issues. You might be able to find some ways to get involved. But if Faith and Blue Weekend is uh, in your wheelhouse, we encourage you and invite you to join the police in that. National Coffee with a Cop Day, October 5th. Absolutely look forward to you being there and look for that announcement of where it will be. And then overall, continue to, you know, those online purchases provide money and the pets and police proposition. Um, but continue to just thank your police, support your police, and uh, discussion with people who may be good candidates. You know, send them on to the website. The website will sell itself. Of uh, Once again, IPD is not just a force. They're a family. So that's where I'd like to leave it today. Uh, just support IPD. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. I'm Dan Hobart. And we continue to have issues. Go Chiefs. But we're solving them. We want to thank you for joining us. I'm Laurie Dean Wiley. And I'm Dan Hobart. Join us again next week because we have issues. Ha, ha, ha.